Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, isn't this exciting, Allie Puss? Hi. Alice coming in straight from Los Angeles, Long, Long Beach. Beach, Long Beach, California. My goodness, I'm just right next to the Atlantic Ocean, and you're right next to the Pacific Ocean, Alice. Isn't this crazy? It's awesome. You know? So, um, we'll talk about that. We're getting our, our, our sons out there, getting uh, fixed for allergies. And Alice is out there in ate at California Pizza Kitchen today. Very nice, Alice. If you're in California, you want to go to a place that's unique to California, <laughs> you found it. You My found son it. asked for a pizza. Want- I wanted to get him pizza. He had tough appointments today. Well, while you're there, try to squeeze in an Arby's, Alice. <laughs> I might go to the aquarium later. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, so... You know what? Since it's something I haven't done yet, there is this flap with Madison Cawthorn. And how much of you sent this to us? But I did watch a lot of this this podcast. Have you? Do you, did you watch? I it? haven't listened to the podcast. I've only heard what everyone's been saying about it because it's caused an uproar in Congress. Right. So Madison Cawthorn, as you know, is the guy from North Carolina, the good-looking guy who. Who is a little wacky? He's a little dumb, I would say. He's big into the election was stolen, and he's big into this and that, and the, uh, he, he is not. He's all in. He sounds like a very effective and fun member of a fraternity house in uh, North Carolina. But um, so now Republicans are all scared because he went on this podcast and he said something that worried them. Uh, can confirm that House Republicans complained today about Cawthorn's orgy and cocaine remarks. So he went on this podcast for like 45 minutes, and this is what he said. The only thing that's not accurate in that... Oh, wait, sorry. They were con- the host com- asked him if 
DC was like House of Cards, the TV show. The only thing that's not accurate in that show is that you could never get a piece of legislation about, uh, about education passed that quickly. And everything else is good. Uh, aside from that, I mean, the sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, I mean, it, being kind of a young guy in Washington, the average age is probably 60 or 70, and I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, you know, I've looked up to through my life, I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes, you should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, wow, this is, this is wild. So there you go. So that is now, uh, all sorts of Republicans are getting phone calls in this. It's become a thing. It yeah, is- Kevin McCarthy's going to have a talk with him. Right. Because a bunch of Republicans are demanding that he name names because if not, it impugns their entire institution. Right. So <laughs> it is actually fantastic. And by the way, he says, and you see a guy do a key bump of cocaine. He says that like a guy who's done a key who's, bump of cocaine. Yeah, exactly. That was going to be what I was going to say. What even is a key bump of cocaine? I would not, not even sure. know how to use your that audio, word. Your audio is a little harsh. Is there any way to turn it down at all? Or I can, might be able to turn I'm it down. I'm sure I can turn myself down a bit. Is that my input level from USB? Are you turning something down? Hello? You, can you talk while you turn something down? No? Did you turn you off? Am I now alone? Is it possible I'm actually alone now? Is that all it took? Huh. That's unfortunate. So, uh, yeah, that is the Madison Cawthorn uh, thing today. And I've got to say, that podcast that he was How about on- now? Okay, jeez. Sorry. Are you also shouting? Was- <laughs> no. It sounds like you're shouting. I'm not shouting. Jeez. Let me see if I can adjust my uh, thing even more. How about now? Is this good? That's better. Uh, yeah. How about this? Try to just choose a speaking voice, okay? How about this? That's fine. I'm just that's fine. talking like okay. I talk. Just talk. Okay. okay. It's a speaking voice. Okay. Okay. How about now? <laughs> okay. That's good. Okay. Um, uh, um, what else do you have on your plate today in California? Um, so we have a few things. So we have a rooftop pool we need to check out. I no, think. I mean official duties. Oh, we're done. Okay. Did we? Uh, <laughs> did we have a liquid lunch, Alice? <laughs> no, no. Actually, I have not at oh, all. Okay. Because um, <laughs> this louder tone reminds me of Alice, who every third leap year or so will become uh, over enthusiastic after a cocktail. No, that's okay. not going on. Okay. I, I don't, have not obviously, had a liquid lunch. I obviously don't believe you, but that's fine. Okay, <laughs> so this Madison Cawthorn thing, this was actually a great... Uh, one, I, I totally believe him. Two, the whole podcast is about this kind of stuff. About, and so like, we all kind of monitor that just to see what's going on. And I noticed a lot of people in the majority party were buying stocks that had to do with some kind of battery, some kind of technology for electric vehicles. And then wouldn't you... He's like, his whole podcast is how everybody does stuff in D.C. is crooked, is on the take, how they get you, how the media holds stuff out, uses. He just totally, he brings it to this podcast. The whole 45 minutes or whatever it is, it was 24 minutes, is excellent. It's like, and so that, that part about the cocaine, et cetera, that fits in with the rest of it. This kid is just a fool who can't shut up, who is uh, a very good- Why is, inter- why is he a fool? 
Because he, well, he's not shutting up. Obviously, all the stuff he's saying is very colorful, but you're making, you're going to bring hell down on your party in an election year where things are going fine. You don't want to be making this kind of noise. But he's like... Oh, but I think it's good for him because I think everybody does feel that Washington, D.C. is corrupt and that they're all like involved in perversions and cocaine and craziness and whatever. And they realize, wait, I can't get fired. Why Why am I doing maximum level work for when I'm just going to get the same paycheck either way? Yeah. And that's why our government moves so slowly. Um, so how effective can you be if the other side of the aisle hates you and the rhinos hate you even more. You're calling out their apathy, their their cowardice, their duplicity. I mean, they've got to hate your guts, too. If you're not playing ball and compromising a little bit, because you're no no compromise guy, in yeah. another video that we're going to do, we're going to talk through your America First. Yada, yada. They've ever had. Yeah. And they love having their name in the paper every other week. And so that's why we're able to kind of bully people around. And yes, it's a form of bully politics. And I understand that I am not everyone's cup of tea. I understand that I'm probably not the most fun person to bring up at your Thanksgiving dinner with your liberal relative saying, oh yeah, I really like Madison Cawthorn. I understand that you might read some articles about me that makes people uncomfortable. And most, a lot of kind of your old establishment members of the Republican Party, they don't really like a guy who's tatted up, who believes in the Second Amendment, who says, if you're a tyrant that starts coming from my family, I will shoot you in the face. And so, you know, I mean. So, a few things about Madison yes. Cawthorn. Um, I don't know how much people like follow this stuff, but if you remember, um, he's this guy, he's like this young guy. He's very good looking, I mm -hmm. guess one might say if one were into good looking mm -hmm. guys. Um, and he's in a wheelchair and he's sort of, I mean, like, I guess he's kind of like Marjorie Taylor Greene, only I think people take him a tiny bit more seriously. Maybe maybe not. Maybe they don't. But he's always like... Oh, man. Right. Alice, can you, can you not speak at that volume? Or is there anything you can do? I thought I turned it down. Uh, no? Something's making you speak louder than than usual. I, I don't know. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? I can check one, two, check one, two, say hello. Hello. I can just do it from here. That's fine. Go ahead. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, I get you. You can okay. continue. Okay, so, um, but he's like got this reputation for being a really like MAGA person, right? Like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert or Matt Gates. Like he's very sort of in that crowd in DC. That being said, a lot of that is put on. I mean, he got his start. He worked in Mark Meadows' office. He's like fairly establishment. Um, he's also had like some allegations, like you said, he seems like he's come from a frat party. Like he, mm -hmm. there's been some allegations that he's been like kind of inappropriate with women. Nothing like crazy, but just sort of yeah. standard. Like he's frat bro, little, uh, very frat bro. He's a little aggressive, uh, and so I mean, I don't know what his deal is, but he's always right in there with like the good photo op and whatever after the January 6th thing when they had all the National Guard people like in the parking garage of the Capitol he was down there in his wheelchair like bringing them pizzas and stuff so it was like a whole thing and then obviously he posted on Twitter that he was like on down in the garage bringing mm -hmm. pizza to the troops or whatever he is always like right there with the photo op and the viral moment and whatever uh, he doesn't seem like the smartest dude ever but i think he's pretty politically smart 
you I maybe, think the comparisons he, he, he very between... loudly, he very loudly and self assuredly says a lot of things that aren't correct, like historically right. anecdotes, <laughs> right. etc. I mean, I think a lot of the comparisons between him and like AOC are pretty apt. Where he's like loud and opinionated and says stuff that's dumb a lot of the time, but mm-hmm. he has like a knack for being on the right side of like where the bleeding edge of the party is. I also tend to think that this stuff is pretty smart. People do think Washington, D.C. is like perverted and crazy and full of like rich, degenerate people. Mm-hmm. I-, I think this is a calculated move. I don't think it's, like, getting him in trouble. I think he already knows the establishment of the party wants him to shut up. And, and you know, I, I, I have heard back. I have heard this from other black sheep. Um, like, uh, I think Tom Tancredo had said something mm-hmm. like this to me um, when, when down in D.C. Some of these, uh, you know, D.C. expats who used to work there who didn't really go hang with it, but, but the, they talked about it being, of course it's a, it's a <clears throat> huge party town. It's Hollywood, you know? It, of course, there's hugely powerful people there. There's alphas there. Obviously, there's cocaine there. It's it's packed with beautiful women trying to get a leg up in the in Washington politics and power circles. Of course, it's it's intrigue. It's everything. Of course it is. Of course it's debauchery going on in D.C. It would be crazy if there weren't. My God, just right. between, I mean, between I don't think anybody the senators was surprised. Of, of, of between Ted Kennedy and and who's your guy? Who's Chris Dodd? Uh, those two alone could write a book on it. Could have written a book. No, I mean, I think that the biggest reaction that I saw through all of Twitter at these allegations coming out was everybody said, "Tell us something we don't know." Kind of like on both sides of the aisle. I think that's really like how people feel about it, and that's why I do feel it's politically smart a little bit for him. Um, I don't think it looks good of the people who are telling him to shut up or demanding that he name names unless he do whatever. I mean, I'd be fine with it if he did name names. But like, I love the drama of them all being like, we need to have a discussion with this young man. Like, why are they all coming after him now? It's funny. Like, everyone assumes this stuff goes on in DC. It's not ruining anyone's career that he's making these allegations. But it it is, you know, confirming what people think they know about D.C. and about the people who work there. Um, but, yeah, I think the people who are, like, acting outraged by it come off as sort of prudes because everyone assumes that this stuff is totally true. You know, what? Um, you have, who's this person? Olivia Beavers. Who's Olivia mm-hmm. Beavers? I don't Politico, know. Politico Congress reporter blue check mark on Twitter. Multiple sources telling me leader Kevin McCarthy says he plans to talk to freshman Madison Cawthorn over his orgy remarks. Told several Housars stood up who were upset. They said it wasn't okay. They don't believe it, etc. Rep. Steve Womack stood up and said he hardly ever stands to talk. He has something to say about this now because he's getting questions about which members are partaking in orgies after Cawthorn suggested they are happening in D.C. along with the use (laughs) of cocaine. Cawthorn is not there this morning. So, I mean, don't you think that somebody who comes and says, I'm outraged because now I'm getting questions about people participating, don't you think you come off as, like, out of touch and or malicious if you're coming out and being like, how dare you, sir, say that people in Washington, D.C. are partaking in orgies and doing cocaine? How dare you? (laughs) Yeah, how prob- dare you impugn <laughs> this great institution? Like, I either assume you're at the orgies or that you're like a 
total babe in the woods, innocent. And I don't think that's what he is. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, no, the bump of the key or whatever is. Uh, I mean, anybody who stands up and says that, like, I can't believe this. This gentleman needs to be talked to. Who would suggest that orgies happen in D.C.? Who would suggest that there's the use of cocaine amongst people in D.C.? Like anyone who says that who works in Congress, like what what would you think of that person? <laughs> Sorry, Obviously, about this. your son is here. I mean, you. I would think a ton of people do cocaine in D.C. Of course. Uh, and then another reporter, uh, this is a Capitol Hill reporter for CNN, Melanie Zanona, said, can confirm House Republicans complain today about the orgy and cocaine remarks. Members said if it's true, he needs to name names because otherwise it unfairly maligns the entire institution. <laughs> uh, who knows, Melanie? Maybe you're named. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess, that, I guess from that angle it is funny. But, but the interview is very good. He really does paint the whole thing. It's, I mean... If he wants to talk like that, then he'll stand out. He just needs to get his ducks in a row a little bit more. But, uh, like, he brings the, the some good stuff. And I forget so much in your opinion. Age is probably 60 or 70. And I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, you know, I've looked up to through my life. I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know... It, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like... What, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, wow, this is, this is wild. And then there's also... By the way, he doesn't at all say that he didn't do the orgy or the key bump. You know, you'd think you'd maybe put that in there, too. I get the feeling that he's more insulted that the old people who work in D.C. would think he would want to be in an orgy with them. Yeah, probably. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hold on. My daughter needs my phone number. Um. Yeah, because I, I, think, I think he's more into, like, getting hot chicks or whatever. I don't think that he is necessarily – like I say, I think he's actually kind of an establishment dude. I don't think he – I think this is like an act, this like hardcore MAGA thing that he puts on. But um, he's certainly very representative to me of like where the Gen Z right is in terms really? of like uh, – Yeah. I mean, I think that – I think that right-wing Gen Z – people especially like on twitter tend to be more extreme tend to be more into like the alpha guy thing mm -hmm. tend to want to be like good looking and um i, I mean he looks well like they're, they're young men they're so there's yeah. a big bro in your face you know thing happening here these are the bills mafia in buffalo these are barstool right. dudes <laughs> i mean whole... i don't know if madison Cawthorn is espionage aspect of what goes on in Washington of, you know, so many people trade in secrets and there, there's a currency to secrets. And yeah. so uh, it, it's wild. And then, you know, there's members of the of the, the media, the journalists who kind of will keep nasty stories about you or about other people on a shelf. And then if you're about to kind of speak out against something they don't want you to, they'll come out and say, well, we're about to drop the story of when, you know, 17 years ago you did X, Y, and Z. And you don't want us to drop that story, do you? So we're, we're going to bully you back into this position. Practically, let's say that all of a sudden I was going into office. By the way, I have no political aspirations, zero. And people are always like, John, run for office. It'll be like, nope, absolutely not. I'd like to support people that have that calling. I have no desire to do that. But let's, as a little thought experiment, I am 
700,000 electric vehicles to our federal fleet. I noticed because... Anyway, he's... This is... Uh, yeah, so... It's a really good interview, but you can... This is... Uh, well, you say it's by design, but to me, this is somebody who does, doesn't know... Not to say this, but maybe you're right. Why? Oh, I think this is by design. And I think he's specifically crafting his image and persona to appeal to like a Gen Z kind of right wing audience. And and like you say, Barstool, I don't I mean, I think there's a, a shared sort of um, there's a some shared culture between like the Barstool so-called barstool conservative world right but those conservatives tend to be less culturally conservative they're mm-hmm. very like gen x or like older millennial kind of people who are into the barstool world tend to not care about abortion tend to not care about gay stuff like i think that where madison cawthorn is is he's trying to position himself in a space where he's appealing to like um you know we know some people who are into like bronze age pervert i've mm-hmm. read you some of that stuff um, and, and that like is very appealing to like younger millennials, Gen Z, this sort of stuff, like where they're into like bodybuilding and like eating raw eggs and, uh, it, this like macho alpha thing, but like, uh, but much less, um, it's like much more Metro than the bar stool vibe, you hmm. know? Oh yeah. These yeah. are, these are dudes who like want to look hot, but you know, just not in a gay way. Like in are they incels? Uh not necessarily. There's the concept of the guy like the Sigma male, right? Who's sort of like above the whole relationship thing, you know? Um who's not like alpha male or beta male, but has like opted out of the system of like competing for women's attention because they like don't care about that, right? So I think that there's and that group of conservatives tends to be much more socially conservative, tends to be much more uh, socially conservative on issues like uh, on issues like gay marriage. And, you know, you'll hear them talk about degenerates or whatever. They're willing to they're on those issues. They feel much more strongly about things like that, about like that we're in a decadent collapsing civilization that's that's full of corrupt and, and I you know I see sort of Madison Cawthorn's whole thing is designed to appeal to that I don't know if he's necessarily that like deep down in his heart of hearts like I say he worked for Mark Meadows I don't think he's like he's that right wing but I do think that we're starting to see the and, and a lot of those people were very into Trump very MAGA right like these are the people with like the Pepe the Frog memes and stuff mm-hmm. right and um, so I think that we are starting to see this sort of new this new faction in the conservative party you know I don't know that that group of people cares that much about like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert who I think have tailored their images much more to appeal to sort of like the boomer MAGA crowd mm-hmm. like the Christmas cards with the AR-15s or whatever like that sort of thing like, I think you know I think they're much more in like the cliche territory but but I think that Madison Cawthorn is somebody who's deliberately and openly appealing to to really an audience that I think Tucker appeals to a lot too right um right. is this sort of like younger edgier I mean even I would I I don't think that Nick Fuentes is in the same category as Tucker at all but I think that uh he's he's 
on a spectrum of appealing to similar like I don't, I don't think that that the Venn diagram has no overlap at all of people that are into Nick Fuentes and people who are into Tucker and that that's like kind of the continuum that Madison Cawthorn is like looking at and positioning himself on and and I think that this is like a wing of the right that the Republican Party as a whole like hasn't fully reckoned with yet you know you have Nick Fuentes in Washington like chanting like F the GOP, right? Mm-hmm. And with his Groiper guys, you have them interrupting Charlie Kirk at events and and even like Don Trump Jr. at events and stuff like uh, about specifically about um, the Republican Party on gay issues. You know, I, I think that there's um, I think that there is a new sort of movement within the Republican Party and how that ultimately coalesces if that ends up being more fringe in with somebody like Fuentes or if that comes more into the mainstream of the party kind of remains to be seen. But I definitely think it's out there and the Republican Party has not figured out what to do with it yet. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's great. I don't think Cawthorn is, it, I don't think we, that we always need to run apart, especially now since Democrats are effing up and in your effing face dunk on you party. I don't think that we want to, I, I think there needs to be some kind of principled intellectual depth to the party other than the reaction that, to the F this, other than the reactionary um, kick down the door thing. I think that's dangerous. I think you want some, I think you want some of the Jonah Goldbergs to like and, um, respect you, some right. Um, and and this with Cawthorn and Matt Gates and stuff. I mean, it's it's cool and young, and I guess it's virile. I guess that's what it is. It's if I were a young person, I'd probably be in a hole like that too. Why not? Things it's fun, you know. And there's a certain bit of you know blow up the whole system thing that's that's attractive too to young people. It's it's, it's passions mm-hmm. and energy, and I guess that's very healthy as well. Um. But but I think and I think you see this on the right and the left, to be honest. And that's why I say, like, I think the comparisons to AOC are very apt. I think amongst younger people, particularly Gen Z, there's a sense that, you know, while they might identify as more left or more right, that the parties are terrible and that the parties have absolutely like completely ceded ground. They should never have ceded. You know, I think that, for example, the right feels that way about like gay marriage and trans stuff and schools and critical race theory and all these things, I think they feel like the the Republican Party of their parents has given up on those issues, gone into complete retreat mode, and is like, you know, I, I think that's the origin of some of these debates about like David French and Drag Queen Story Hour and stuff is like, you know, is that they feel that the Republican Party has totally like given up on those issues. And, and that they're arguing from a left-wing frame of reference. And I think that AOC fans feel the same way about the Democratic Party in that they think that the, the Democratic Party has folded on universal health care, on student loans, on free college, on 
on, you know, on climate change, that they feel that the Democratic Party has not been radical enough. And I think you see young people on both sides saying, screw my party, they suck. They're not doing anything about the issues that matter to me. And they're like giving up ground and like totally ceding the issues to these crazy people on the other side. I mean, I think I think both Democrat or left wing and right wing young people feel that way. And I think that they identify less and less with the two major parties. Hmm. Getting uh, back to the slippery slope on things that <clears throat> that um, that maybe the younger Republicans are rightful to be uh, are right to be uh, angry and passionate about. In Hartford, this story was going around all day yeah, last night and today. Hartford school nurse on administrative leave after anti-LGBTQ comments made on Facebook. Hartford school nurse leave after posting comments about LGBTQ students, etc. Harvard school nurse has been placed after leaving inappropriate comments about uh, LGBT plus students online, according to one of them says um, uh, that she that this Hartford teacher named a student outed a student. So I looked this up and this is all this. It, it's yeah. One of the, the things said that she had see she, nurse would engage such offensive behavior in social media that, that she had um, she had essentially outed a student against HIPAA rules. So I've looked and I found, have you seen this? Mm -mm. So I looked this up. I'm like, she said anti-LGBTQ stuff on Facebook. I I assume that she said that these are subhuman cyclopses and evil and this and that. So I go and I found that she posted on these like new moms of Melrose, uh, moms of Melrose, sorry, moms of Connecticut. You know, one of these things where people who are moving in, you know, tend to check in to see each other. And this nurse, I found the original thing because one of because so many moms in Connecticut had dimed her out. They screenshotted her original post, and then and then they said, "Okay, uh, you know, okay, mom activists, let's get together and email these people." So anyway, I found her original post, and her post says this. This is from the nurse, and it's on this group where they talk about this stuff. Her her Facebook is essentially well. I'll just read it. Buyer beware. Investigate the school system curriculum. Connecticut is a very socially liberal, gender-confused state. As a public sector nurse, I have an 11-year-old female student on puberty blockers and a dozen students identifying as non-binary, all but two keeping this a secret from their parents with the help of the teachers, the social workers, and the administration. Teachers and social workers are spending 37.5 hours a week influencing your children, not necessarily teaching your children what you think is being taught. Children are introduced to this confusion in kindergarten by the school social worker who teaches, she says in quotes, social and emotional regulation and school expectations. Science tells us that a child's brain continues to develop into the early 20s, hence laws prohibiting alcohol, tobacco, vaping, and cannabis. But it's okay to inject hormones into confused prepubescent children and perform genital mutilating surgery on adolescents. How incongruent is that? So that's what they have as the proof that these moms got together. And uh, so I guess the outing is saying she has an 11 year old on puberty block. Right. And, and by the way, the 11 year old's mother actually also contacted the superintendent and they said and, and she has been this this nurse has been uh, suspended. Now, she's been suspended, as far as I can tell, by airing concern, essentially whistleblowing. 
Right. You know? Right. And by the way, outing like and against HIPAA, that's not against HIPAA unless you identify the person, I don't think. Otherwise, all those liberal doctors who spent all of COVID saying like, such and such a patient held my hand while they died and begged for the vaccine and told me to tell everyone to take the vaccine while they were gasping their last breaths of air from dying of COVID. Like, otherwise, those people all broke HIPAA, right? But they didn't because they were just telling a story with no identifying information about yeah, the person right and here's the here's the fox uh thing uh harford school nurse posted private and personal information about a student on Facebook. what that's not true that's not true whatsoever and so anyway they're all coming including the the, the mother of the 11 year old also came out on all these facebook threads i had all these well facebook- now she's identified right, now she's out her <laughs> she's out her own daughter and so people are going after this nurse she's been suspended she'll probably be fired and this is crazy. There's no, in nowhere, because the media didn't bother looking into the specifics or printing any of this stuff that I'm looking at, nowhere does the school deny anything that was said. And of course, why would they? Because they're doing it all and they're proud of it. No, here, they like it. Of course, they like that. Here is the here is the uh, Hartford School Superintendent, Leslie Torres-Rodriguez. When we're, we're thinking about um, our LGBTQ plus students, we want to ensure that our learning spaces um, continue to affirm their identities. And that's what I want to communicate, that we continue to affirm their identities. We con- well, wait a GD second. Why are you confer- affirming identities of children? Oh, right. wait, Johnny just said he's a blue jay, uh, demi, demisexual, LGBTQ, poly, aside two-spirit. We better affirm him. Everybody run over and affirm. What the frig is this? Oh, and Johnny, yeah. do you need puberty blockers? Okay. Okay, guys, let's do. The more we give him, the more we're affirming him. Continue to promote safe and healthy learning environments and places where um, we want our students to feel seen and heard and affirmed and valued and respected. And we're going to continue to do that. Psychos. Because yeah. this nurse whistle blew on these people. No, we're going to continue to affirm. We're not going to stop. These are a bunch of sickos, these people. And can you imagine that they're having their school administrators and the school, it says social, it says SSW, I assume that means school social worker. Uh, school social workers are and teachers are having conversations that they're not sharing with parents with these kids all about um, their their voyage their voyage to to transitioning. This is freaking unbelievable. And like in, in, in puberty blockers at 11-year-old, the mother is is happy is, on Facebook. That's right. Yeah, that's right. My daughter's in. It, it, but but that, at least that mother knows about it. Can you imagine school take leading your kid down the road over their trans stuff? You're asking for violence by doing this. Right. And puberty blockers, by the way, are all being prescribed off-label for trans kids. You know, this is essentially experimental medicine. Um, so kids 
if you're going to transition your kid more than just socially, then you have to put them on puberty blockers as they hit puberty, which, by the way, especially for girls, is at an incredibly young age now because right. the age has been dropping over the years for various reasons. And, you know, there's girls who get their period like in third grade who are nine years old, eight years old, right? It, which seems crazy, but it's happening. And, so you need to prescribe if you want them to not go through puberty because you want them to transition and get all these surgeries and stuff. You have to stop start prescribing them off label hardcore hormonal drugs that they're now going to take for decades for like a nine year old. It's absolutely nuts and out of control. Like 11's on the older side for puberty blockers, to be honest. It's crazy. It's crazy. The idea that parents would be signing up for this or even worse, teachers would be signing kids up for this without their parents permission is just such a moral outrage that of course of course you have people starting to ask like you know maybe we spoke too soon on the whole like lgbt thing not being a slippery slope into who knows what insane world that we people want to live in because it, it, it's everything that people now say about the slippery time. slope has immediately come true after they've told us it's never going to happen Totally, totally. It's uh, I I mean, crazy. I want to show. There's some man in the street here of some of these uh, parents. I want to see what they say. And the nurse was told to stay home today. I don't think that's right at all. I mean, you know, everybody has their privacy, um, and especially when it comes to kids. If that was my child, I would. I'm sorry, but I'll be raising. Listen, I'll be going crazy. Yeah, but it didn't happen. Nobody <laughs> did that. They're pretending it did that, or that, that they did that, and the media's b eating it all right up. Let's find some more queer or questioning, also known as LGBTQ plus. Uh, she feels really bad because it's upsetting because she has a daughter that goes to public school in Hartford. So uh, to know that someone's sharing out information about people and people's kids, it's yeah. it's it sucks. Because of pride, <laughs> nobody did. But that's fine. They don't care. Doesn't matter. That's the doesn't matter. It's the other. It's the other. The the mom. But who, by the way, I will just say by looking at these Facebook pictures. First of all, all the moms who are diming everybody out. What um, national flag would you say is <laughs> on each and every one of them within the last month? Um. I mean, I can't think what a national flag would have to do with school nurses, but I'm going to guess Ukraine. That is correct. Of course, it's all LGBTQ stuff on every page. These are all mom activists. We know the type. And, right. And, and the mother of the person, I think the mother of the person, I can't tell by looking what exactly this person is, but um, it, 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 I'll just say that we're not we're not shocked necessarily. Um and of course, who the one who is angry that her daughter was outed, but now has outed her daughter. By the way, how many of these moms with daughters who are transitioning, who are like 11 years old, how many of them in your experience are really shy about publicizing that? Uh, zero. Correct. That's zero. right. I mean, and that in itself is like toxic and bad. I, I, I mean, I think about this. There was a kid um, who was 
incredibly famous for being trans at age like four or five uh, in the town we used to live in. They live somewhere else now. And the mom became a big activist about it, wrote books about it, wrote for a bunch of publications about it. They got uh, they got to ask Liz Warren a question at the presidential debate. They've been all over the place and all in the media. The mom has speaking engagements. She's made a career out of having a really young trans kid. Well, guess what? She now has a second kid. That's also trans. So out of her three kids, 67% are trans now. And like, it's not, I'm not outing anybody. This is public. She puts it out there. She has like freaking speaking engagements about it. So, but don't you think you would question if potentially with trans people being like a tenth of a percent of the population through like all of human history, like people with genuine gender dysphoria, don't you think if two thirds of your kids are suddenly trans that you would start to question if maybe something you did influenced their behavior in some way. <laughs> right, including telling them that they're trans. <laughs> or celebrating being trans and dragging the whole family to all kinds of like gay pride parades and events. Here's from, and all these here's from Al, like, Al Bigel Schreier's uh, um, a, a piece she did last year. Gender dysphoria is characterized by a severe and persistent discomfort in one's biological sex. Typically begins in early childhood, ages two to four, though it may grow more severe in adolescence. But in nearly 70% of cases, childhood gender dysphoria resolves. Historically, right. it afflicted about 0.01% of the population and almost exclusively boys. Before 2012, mm -hmm. there was no scientific literature on girls aged 11 to 21 ever having developed gender dysphoria. In the past decade, that's changed dramatically. Um, uh, the world has seen a sudden surge of adolescents claiming to have gender dysphoria and self-identifying as transgender. In Britain, Canada, Sweden, and Finland, clinicians and gender therapists began reporting a dramatic shift in the demographics of those presenting with gender dysphoria, from predominantly preschool-aged boys to predominantly adolescent girls. In Britain, in 2018, there was a 4,400% rise over the previous decade in teenage girls seeking gender treatments. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I know what, uh, you know, LGBT activists would say about this uh, because I've heard them say it. Mm -hmm. And they would say that this is just another example of how, um, of, you know, misogyny and sexism in the medical industry, that the medical industry took boys' concerns and discomforts with their bodies and stuff seriously, and they did not take... Um, women seriously and now because we've decreased the misogyny in medicine and we like believe women when they tell us they have a medical issue now we're seeing more women come out as trans than before so that i think is what they would say they say the same thing about like how always it was boys who had add and were on add medications mm -hmm. um and now you have like tons of like 28 year old women getting diagnosed with ADD and taking Adderall and they're like my whole life I never knew nobody ever took my concerns seriously but like we know you just like taking Adderall because it makes you skinny and like you can get a lot more done in the day like <laughs> yes everybody gets more done when they take Adderall it's just a thing like <laughs> right um, but, but yeah, but that's the claim there too, is that like women also had ADD all along and just weren't taken seriously right. the way boys were taken seriously. Uh, Alice, unless you have something else, I got to get the, our daughter to play practice, um, because the kids aren't answering to me. So I can't, I don't, I, I got to get them set up with shoes. 
Oh boy. Okay. Got yeah. Well, else? I'll, Do you want to throw something else in there? I'll let you go. I don't think I had anything else like really pressing. These um, these transatlantic or the transpacific or is it trans um transcontinental transsexual? As a matter of fact, Alice keeping in theme. Thank you everybody for listening. It's been another great Burn Barrel podcast, coast to coast. Uh, Ooh. We. Uh, um, you can still find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or on YouTube or Rumble for video versions. Say la vie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.